Hey, welcome to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Hillary, with the co-host, Todd Kirkwood. We're here today for a testimony podcast, an amazing one with Pastor Terry Mortlock, or T-Dog, as he's well known in his family. How you doing, Terry? <laughs> oh, that's so becoming a thing. It isn't at the moment, but it will. It will. From now on. Well, that's, that's it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Cool. So, so Terry, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on and, and, um, you know, answering, um, the call to share your testimony with us. Um, we've got so many people that are incredibly blessed every time that they hear somebody's testimony. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about sharing God's story in each and every one of us. Yeah. Just getting that different perspective between, uh, people's lives and walks with God. It's good. Mm. Yeah, that's good, Todd. Very, very good. Um, so, Terry, if you just the, – the best place to start is at the beginning, I suppose. Um, so if you just want to share <laughs> your yeah. story and uh, take it off from wherever you want. Yeah, I, I love what you guys are doing, and um, I love your heart behind it, you know. Uh, man, I, there's this incredible book called The Pursuit of God by uh, A.W. Tozer, and he says this one line in it that just – Man, it just stuck with me that, you know, really we're just signposts pointing to Jesus, you know, and that's what our life should be like, right? And, you know, mm. I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how our life, uh, a journey, um, and Jesus is the destination. He should always be our destination. And when you're on a journey somewhere, you know, you're really appreciative of the signposts that you come across in your journey because they help you, um, they help you to lead, you know, they help lead you to where you want to go. But, you know, when you get to your destination or even in the journey, you know, it's never about the signpost. It's mm, always yeah. about the destination. And, mm. you know, as a follower of Christ, as a Christian, my my goal is always to be a signpost that just points people to Jesus. And it's, it's not about me. It's not about, you know, I mean, people can appreciate the testimony, appreciate the story like we can in each other's lives. But, my goodness, find Jesus, you know. Mm, yes. <laughs> That's what it's all about, just pursue Him. And um, if, if I can play... Uh, a role in in steering someone directing them towards Christ, then man, that's a good day right there. So, so thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on and, yeah. and the opportunity today. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good mission. Well. Eh? That's a great mission yeah. to have, just steering people towards God and where a true north is and truth. And that's yeah, yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, and the beauty of that is, it doesn't matter what your job is, it doesn't matter what country you're sitting in, it doesn't matter even really what's going on around you, you can do that every day in every situation. Um, you can constantly be pointing to people towards Christ. Um, and, and that's the beauty of this Christian life. You, you don't have to have a microphone in your hand. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to be, you know, just be you. Just be you pursuing Jesus, and that in turn will point people towards um, li- living like Christ and looking like Jesus on the planet. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah, that's so good. Amen. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, man, a bit of a journey, eh? So, um, yeah, I guess, where to begin? So, my mum and dad started church when I was all of, like, eight years old. Um, I, I've been a Christian my whole life. Uh, I think I gave my life to Jesus when I was, like, four mm. at, at, a, wow. at a Bible camp. <laughs> and um, and then, yeah, at the age of around eight, mum and dad started church. I think there was 12 of us, including, you know, four of us in our family. And it kind of grew to quite a, quite a large church here in New Zealand. And, you know, a real honor to be a part of that and to watch God's, you know, hand in favor upon, um, upon that and, and the many, many lives that were impacted and changed throughout, throughout that journey and, and just so grateful for that foundation that was, was put in my life. Um, but you know, through, through it all, I, man, I just, I think if you, if you'd asked me back in the day to sum up Christianity in one word and I was to be honest, that word would be conflict. I was at conflict with myself all the time. Um, my Christianity was this roller coaster ride of highs and lows where I would be living from moment to moment, you know, um, kind of mountaintop to mountaintop. And in the valleys, it got really dark. <laughs> and those times when, you know, I didn't feel like I was hitting a particular mark or being, you know, mm. the kind of Christian I thought I should be or. Yeah. or the kind of husband or the kind of father or whatever, man, I, I had some pretty dark lows. Mm. And um, 
and the way that I saw myself, like my identity was pretty caught up in the things that I did, what people thought of the things that I did, what people thought of me, whether people liked me. Um, my identity was found in all these external things. And, man, I, to be honest, I was a bit of a train wreck, eh? I mean, my wife even recalls times when I would just come home. And you got to remember, guys, I was like, you know, an ordained pastor um, on staff at a church. And I would come home Sunday, some days and just be like, look, I don't even know if I'm saved. Mm. That's pretty scary. Do you think you had a bit more of like an expectation in your in your mind and your heart because, you know, you are Pastor Peter and Bev's son and they had this, you know, they have a big church and, and a lot of people looking at them every week and, and you just naturally are in the spotlight because of that as well, just growing up. Do you think that that had a bit like having that, almost audience always watching you was a bit of a, you know, you would have been quite conscious of everything that you did and said. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely you're in a world where, like you say, a lot of eyes are on you. But, man, the reality is is that the conflict was internal. It Mm. was conflict with myself. Um, It wasn't an outside influence or force. It was me having issue with me. And just not feeling worthy, not feeling like I could live up to the mark or, or be what I should be. Mm. And so it was definitely, you know, I was my own worst enemy. And, um, you know, that's the beauty of Jesus, man, is that he sets you free from you, you know. And um, I was <laughs> I was the, just the worst thing. I mean, I, my self-talk was pretty pretty rubbish. I would look in the mirror and say pretty, pretty gnarly things to myself. And if I recalled a situation or somewhere where I'd messed up along the way, you know, I'd just, I just call myself an idiot or, or whatever. And, and, and so it was an internal thing, an internal conflict. Mm. And, you know, there were great moments where I felt like I was really doing well and where I thought, you know, God must be happy with me because look at what I'm doing and look, you know, at, at how good I am. And then, you know, a few days later, I'd be um, feeling the exact opposite because, you know, I've gotten angry at the kids or whatever it was. Mm. And um, the reality is, is all of that conflict was because I didn't know who I was. Uh, my identity, like I said, was mm. so wrapped up in all these other things, all these external things, and none of those things are where we should place yeah. our identity. So it got, it got to a point for me where I just, I just, I kind of broke. I was, I was watching a documentary called Father of Light, and um, it's a great documentary. Follows these guys who are kind of pretty spirit-led people doing some pretty cool stuff, and you know, there's different people in there. Um, you know, people from around the world that, that live a pretty amazing life. I, I don't know if you guys know Todd White, but he, he features mm. the end there and you see some miracles and some really cool stuff. And, and that was all really cool, but none of that, none of that is what got me. What got me was there was this couple, uh, from America. They were a very successful couple. He was a banker and they had money and a nice home and, you know, gorgeous little family and all of that. But they just, they came to a place in their Christian life where they just see God, there has to be more to it than this. Mm. There just has to be more to it than this nice Christian life and just kind of, you know, coasting along and, and just living from experience to experience. And so they just, they had this moment where they just felt like they surrendered everything to him and they just kind of went all in. And they sold everything they owned, they packed up and they moved to China and started an orphanage for unwanted disabled Chinese children. Wow. And I just looked at this couple just sitting there with these kids, man, and I just something inside of me broke and I hit the floor of my office and I cried for about an hour and a half. And um, I just lay there and just went, God, I just I need you. I just I need I need the real thing. I, 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 I wanna go all in on this and um you know, I felt like I died that day. I felt like that was the day that Terry finally, yeah. <laughs> finally died. Because, you know, that's what the gospel is, man. The gospel isn't about just believing in God to go to heaven one day. The gospel, uh, you know, talks about us giving our lives to this thing and, mm. and going all in. Jesus went all in for us, so we got to go all in for him. And and so um, so that was that. That kind of started me on a journey. I that that. I had a real encounter with God and for three days I just remember just soaking in his love and just his incredible fathering um, heart toward me, was this, which I'd never really kind of encountered before. Had you Did you experience that after you met this incredible family? 
I didn't meet the family. I just saw them on the stocko. Oh, um, right. I just saw them in the, on the documentary, and um, and it was that moment that I hit the floor in my office watching that documentary. That's when the, I had this crazy encounter with God, and and um, I think I've seen and this. just kind of surrendered myself. I think I've seen that documentary a few years back. Is there a, oh, yeah. a witch doctor that sends like an elephant or something to destroy to get some guy's tent? Is that part of the documentary? Uh, there, there, there is a witch doctor in it. I remember they go up to the door of the the house with the guy inside, and they try to talk to him. He doesn't want to talk to the to the yeah. Christian guy. It's following a guy, and and I believe in. India, who just like every day wakes up and asks Holy Spirit, you know, kind of what's the mission for today, and yeah. goes off and does these crazy, amazing things. So yeah, yeah. the, the documentary is by a guy called Darren Wilson. He's done, um, he did uh, Finger of God, Father of Light, Holy Ghost, and I think there's another one in there somewhere. So he's a, a documentary maker uh, out of the US. Yeah, well, um, anybody listening, definitely check out those documentaries. <laughs> I've seen Father of yeah, Light definitely. myself. That one's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, really, yeah, really radical. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, carry For on, sure. Terry. No, no. So yeah, so that was that was quite something. And um, you know, I often say, at the age of four, I I gave my heart to Jesus, and He saved me from the world. And then, at the age of uh, forty, which is how old I was when this encounter happened, was when He saved me from myself. Mm. And that was the beautiful thing was that I died that day, and I needed to because. Um, it was like, it was like, you know, I grew up in kids' church where we'd sing those songs, you know, a wise man builds his house upon a rock and a foolish man builds his house upon the sand. Mm. So I knew that you didn't build on the sand. I knew you didn't build on the things of the world. But I built my life on what I consider sandstone. I don't know if you guys have messed around with sandstone, but mm. to look at sandstone looks like rock. And if you go up to it and... and and you know, grab it. It feels like rock, but if you put enough pressure on it, it will just crack and crumble. Mm. And to me, that was my life. I hadn't built on sand, but I built on sandstone. I built on things that looked like they were a firm foundation. My life was built on church, on ministry, uh, on you know that kind of whole world. But it still wasn't the rock of Christ. Mm. And the way I look at it was, it all came crashing down in that moment, and I hit rock bottom. And the beautiful thing is, the rock that I hit was Christ. I yeah. found Jesus. Wow! Um, <laughs> for really the first time in my life, and you know, I knew I knew all about Jesus. I knew all about him, but I didn't really know him for myself, mm. the person of who he is. And so that started me on this incredible journey of of knowing him. Mm. You can uh, yeah. know a lot about somebody. And not know them personally, and that's you know a lot of Pharisees in the Bible knew knew the Scripture incredibly well, but didn't know the Creator. They knew about the Creator and everything like that, but they didn't have any intimate relationship. And um, that's it's it's interesting because you've got Jesus who owns everything. You know, He owns all of creation. He owns heaven. He owns hell. And he, and he owns everything in between. And the one thing that he wants from you is the one thing that you got to give him with your own free will is your heart. And that's mm. one thing that he will never take from you mm. um, with, without, you know, abusing uh, his power and glory. Like that's the sovereignty of, of God is he's such a gentleman as well. And, um, yeah, just sometimes hitting that rock bottom, eh, Todd? That's one of the... You hit rock bottom and God's got to break, well, not God breaking you, but the world's got to break you so that God can rebuild you in, yeah. in his image and likeness. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time you do hear about those people that know about God and know about Jesus, but, yeah, have gone and built themselves, like you said, on an unstable foundation mm. and may have tried to put the load on a bit much and yeah, have fallen. And at that point, God's like, don't worry, I've got you. mm I also find that the um, we live in a in a culture today of uh, totally image focused. You know, Facebook, Instagram, everything. We put a snapshot of our lives, and our lives look perfect. So we're trying to hold ourselves to this expectation of this perfect life that everybody sees through uh, Instagram and things like that. And only to only to realize that it's all can be a bit fake. And um, God knows knows our heart, and it's just saying, you know, stop having a facade. Let's be real. Let's have an intimate relationship 
with me and um, just, you know, sometimes it takes getting on your knees and and just surrendering completely, not just listening to worship music, but actually getting on your knees with the worship music. That's for me anyway, personally. I got to remember to take my phone away and just focus on God and on every word that he says. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so, it's so good. That documentary you watched, um, it was... Mm. Did you know you wanted to get into uh, video production then, or was this before you watched this documentary? So I I was already well into production. I I uh, started kind of video production back in '99, yeah, 2000. So right, so 21 years ago. Wow. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> You're a lot older I than we realize. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> you got a very oh, man, young young look. When I, I started my video, my, my production career 20-something years ago, that's old. <laughs> as soon as you go um, into the double yeah, decades. So was, yeah, exactly, exactly. Not just one, but two. Shoot. Um, yeah, so I was I was at the time of this, this um, when I was watching that doc, I was on staff as a producer, a uh, TV producer. We, you know, been producing the show Impact Life for ten plus years, and hadn't yet made the movie that we went on to make at this point um, in the story. Um, but I was definitely well into production. But um, yeah, I love what you said, man, earlier about too about that facade thing because that was me too. You know, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta look the part. And especially in Christian life, you know, we talk about the fruit of someone's life. And the problem was, was that I never believed I was a righteous tree. So if you don't believe you're a righteous tree, how can you ever produce righteous fruit? Oh, that's good. In fact, I just thought I was a dirty, rotten sinner saved by grace. And mm. so if I'm, if I'm an unrighteous tree, then what am I going to produce? I'm by default going to produce fruit of unrighteousness. Mm. And so as a Christian, I'm like, well, I'm, you know, we're all about that fruit, right? So I got to look the part. And so you can produce. As an unrighteous tree, you can produce fruit that looks really good, but just like man-made fruit sitting in a bowl on someone's counter, you go pick it up, and it's fake, it's hollow, and it's empty. Mm. And that was the fruit of my life. It looked good from a distance, but the reality on the inside, it was fake, hollow, and empty. Mm. And um, and so that was that was the reality for me because I didn't believe that I was a righteous tree. The whole identity issue stemmed from the fact that I didn't know that I was truly righteous in the eyes of God. Yeah. And the thing about that is that if you don't know that you're righteous in the eyes of God, you will never in- enter into an intimate relationship with him because you will always keep yourself away. Mm. You know, the, the truth is when Jesus said it is finished and he died, that veil into the temple is ripped from top to bottom. So he removed any barrier for us to enter in and, and be intimate with God. There's no barrier. The only barrier is, between us and God are the barriers we put there, mm. are the veils that we put over, whether it's guilt or shame or whatever it is, our victimhood, our past, and we allow ourselves to be disqualified from intimacy with Him. Yeah, that's and, so good. Um, and that all stems from not knowing who you are in God, who you know what your true identity is in Him. And so, in that moment where I was broken, it was a beautiful breaking. You know, when I talk about hitting rock bottom, because the Bible says it's better to fall on the rock and be broken than to have Him fall on you and you be crushed. And I'm very grateful for that moment in my life where, you know, there was this beautiful wrecking mm, yeah. <laughs> and rebuilding. So because since that since that time, I have built my life on Christ, on Jesus, on that foundation, and my identity is now found in him. And the beauty of that is that then it doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter what you achieve or don't achieve. It doesn't matter, um, you know, it, it, nothing matters except what he says about you. And when, when your identity is firmly placed in him and in who he says you are, it's a beautiful place to be. You're, you're free. You're free from yourself. You're free from your insecurity, your self-doubt, yourself. Yeah. That, that self-talk, that negative self-talk, you're free from the opinion of others because it doesn't matter now what people say. Yeah, uh, What matters is what he says about you, and that, that really is what changed my life. Yeah, amen. Um, I've said this before once on the podcast, but when, when you get to that breaking point, um, there's this ancient tradition in, I think it's in Japan, and um, where a vase or a vase uh, is broken, and then they rebuild it using gold, to um, stick all the pieces back together 
And the final right, product, yeah. the final product is this beautiful vase with these veins of gold running through it. Wow. And it's so much more beautiful than what it was after it had been broken and rebuilt. And that's exactly how we are with Christ is you've God wow. God breaks us and re well not God breaks us, but we get broken um by sin, but God resurrects and revives us and puts us back together with with gold. Um, you know, and, and with his sonship and it's so much more beautiful and so much stronger as well. Um, after after we've had that encounter and after we've had that that intimate relationship with God. And like with intimacy, yeah. if you break that word up, you know, it kinda sounds like into me see. So you want God to really shine that that light right on your heart and rebuild it from the ground up and have those golden veins. Yeah. And um, yeah, just encourage the listeners to, if you don't actually know who you are or who God calls you to be, just go through the Bible and find verses or Google it and find verses um, and just read them of who God calls you, says you are. And yeah, it's really encouraging to do that. I've been doing that recently and just going through and picking things out of the Bible and writing down of who God says I am. And mm. yeah, it really brings a whole new light to Knowing that you're, walk. you've got sonship with Christ, you're not just saved by grace, like Terry said, but like you're saved with with love mm. and, and everything, and and to get swept away by that on a daily basis, rather than knowing that you're saved and never sort of like focusing on Jesus, Jesus's heart for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's one. Like that's like picking up your cross daily is actually focusing on that love. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Terry. We keep butting in. <laughs> nah, it's good, guys. I love it. I love it. I'm taking notes. <laughs> it's good stuff. You know, it, it just it amazes me how I spent my whole Christian life um, missing out on really missing out on on the best part of Christianity, and in fact, the whole point of Christianity, and in fact, the whole point of humanity, and that is to know Him. Mm. Um, I was very busy being a Christian, doing this, doing that, running around, doing that. And I, you know, I often use the analogy with my wife because she's a quality time girl. Um, and, you know, if I, you know, was to have Lisa standing here beside me and, and then I started busy running around doing all these things for Lisa and I was, you know, earning money to put food on the table and I was, you know, building a house for her and doing all these things. And the whole time she's just standing there going, all I want is you. I just want time with you because uh, that's her love language quality time and, and God is the same and we we miss that so often we get caught up in the Christian life and in and, and church life and in just life in general that we can miss on you know and of course those who don't even know God are missing out altogether on this most beautiful incredible journey of knowing him mm-hmm. and the beautiful thing about knowing him is that you become like him you know the Bible says uh, in Colossians 3.10 to put on your new nature and be made new yeah. As you learn to know your Creator and become like Him, oh. I mean that's a huge statement. But the reality is, you know, even like when I hang out with my wife and we spend lots of time together, uh, she shares her heart and I hear her heart. She hears my heart, and her dreams and her visions become my dreams, mm. and her desires become my desires. And it's the same with God. And and you know, the beauty of it is that He hasn't, you know, just kind of left us to it and said, "Well, there you go. I did what I did. Now it's up on. It's up to you." You know, you've got the Bible, that's the manual, now go and work out how to do this thing, you know, and good luck to you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the gift of Holy Spirit is, you know, more than just some kind of mystical, mythical, you know, smoke in the room. Holy Spirit is the person, the personhood, the, the Spirit of Christ, and He dwells in us. I mean, mm. it's amazing to me, you know, the reality of that and that, you know, that we can encounter the Father, Heart of God every single day, mm. every moment of every day. And to to know him, to spend time, and you know, for me, I I kind of need to clock some time out uh, during my day to, to spend with him specifically. But then also remember to engage him throughout the day, mm. not just go, okay, God, that's it. I, you know, kind of like with again, I, I use in the marriage analogy. I don't just go to at least, okay, well, you get between seven and eight p.m. and that's time <laughs> with you, honey. And then the rest of my day, I'm I'm out. You know, I don't think that would go too well. Um, yeah, no. do not do know, that if you're married. <laughs> You know, do not do that. I don't recommend it. Um, and unless you like the couch. Um, but, um, you know, the reality is in a marriage, you're in, you're in relationship, you're in mm. intimacy, and you're in partnership. You're doing life together. And God desires that with us so, so much. He so desires us 
to to know him, to take the time and to take the effort and be purposeful about knowing him. And mm. again, when we take the time to do that, we become more and more like him. We begin to walk as Jesus walked, which is the goal of the Christian life. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely live in a state of constant growth with God. So it's not like you got to the 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 max you're maxed out in Holy Spirit, you know. Yeah, there's always <laughs> there's always more uh, more to go. True. And and the Bible so says true, man. And, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh the Bible says to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So that's a process and it doesn't like it doesn't really stop because <laughs> you're you're measuring against an infinite being that you will never obtain to. So you're constantly in that that growing period, which is amazing. So good. Yeah, and, and the beauty of that, like you say, is that God is infinite and in who he is. And so as you're growing to know him, I mean, from my experience is the more I get to know God, the more I realize there's so much more to know. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so true. Um, Where were we in your testimony? Got a bit sidetracked it. Yeah. Uh, I was on the floor in a, in a puddle of um, tears and, you know, smoke oh, running yes. down the face. And... <laughs> the usual. Yeah, and yeah. surrender. Yeah. Beautiful surrender. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that sent me out on this journey. But, um, you know, even, even with that, I still struggled. Even after that encounter, I, I still struggled to kind of walk it out because I didn't really know what it looked like. Um. I kind of felt like I, I needed, uh, I, I don't know, it was, it's a little hard to describe, but I, I I spent a day with a guy called Todd White and that kind of shifted things for me and my understanding of what it, what sonship looked like and what it meant to um, every day just live from that place of sonship and relationship and kind of love on the world around you uh, so that they would encounter God. And to not see evangelism as trying to tick a box or get someone to say a prayer, but simply for them to encounter God in you, you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I'm a big believer that the purpose of the church, um, and when I say the church, I mean, you know, Sunday church is to empower the people of God, to be the people of God and to go out there and to take God with them, to take Jesus with them. Uh, so that when they meet people out and about, you know, in your job, at supermarket, pumping gas, wherever, uh, mm. that they would encounter God, encounter the love of God, and, and that changes people's lives. And, and that really, that that kind of shifted my thinking um, and, and really what kind of life as a Christian looks like. Uh, mm. And it was, uh, that was probably, but yeah, that was like six, six or so years ago, six, seven years ago, and that had quite a, a profound uh, effect. Uh, on my Christianity, and um, and from that day till till today, it's been a journey of aligning myself to the truth of who He says I am. You know, you talked about that growth, and you know, the Bible. We, we talk about the in church life. We talk about this process of sanctification, and I'm a big believer that um, you know the the reality is is we are who God says we are. We just have to believe it. Mm. Um, we're saved by grace through faith. Yeah. Grace was what God did. He extended this incredible gift. That was his part. Our part is to receive it by faith, which means what we believe. And, you know, I, I go back to my old Christianity. My, the extent of my faith was that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sin because I'm such a terrible sinner uh, so I can go to heaven one day. I, I, and most of the time, I, you know, I believed I was saved. I believed I would go to heaven. Um, but that was about the extent of it. And I certainly didn't believe what I believe today that, you know, I'm a whole new creation that old has passed away, all things have become new, that I'm becoming one with Christ. Mm. Same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in me. I mean, these are truths that God say about us that, I, well, for myself, I didn't believe for the, for the longest time. And so the journey has been aligning myself to that truth. And, you know, I often use the, the analogy of, of good old Peter Parker. I don't know if you guys are Marvel fans, but we're oh, yeah. big Marvel fans in my household. <laughs> yeah, cool. And um, my daughter loves Spider-Man. And, um, you know, if you watch the story of, of Spider-Man, this kid Peter Parker, you know, goes into this lab and he gets bit by this radioactive spider. And, you know, you even see in the movies, in that very moment, that venom goes into his bloodstream and he becomes Spider-Man. And he doesn't even know it. He goes to school and you know, catches things and that, that, that are falling and spins around and does things. He's like, whoa, how did I even do that? And the whole journey from that moment he got bit onwards is Peter Parker coming to grips with the fact that he is now Spider-Man. 
Mm. And it's not that he has to become it. He just, he already is it. He just has to believe it and live it. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes he doesn't feel good enough. He feels insecure. Sometimes he's, you know, he doesn't feel worthy or just mm. wants to be a normal kid like everyone else, whatever it is. But he has to accept, no, mate, you're, you're Spider-Man now and your role is to get out there and save the world. Well, as Christians, you know, when we give our life to Christ, we are in that moment made righteous sons and daughters of God. Mm. And uh, the, the, the process of sanctification is the process of us aligning ourselves to the truth of that finished work of Christ mm. and, and in turn giving up who we were, our old nature dying, the Peter Parker in us has to die so mm. that we can become this new creation and get out there and save the world. That's what it's all about. That's so good. That's 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 such a good way to put it, you know, actually put it into, uh, you know, Peter Parker and, and his transformation and, and how he became more aware of it <laughs> uh, over time. Like it wasn't like he just woke up one day and he was the best superhero. He still had a process. <laughs> he, he still had a process. He had no idea what he could do. And um, it. it was only his mind that really limited him, that, that process of learning, oh, this is who I am. I am a superhero, you know. I can do backflips. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then in turn, what is now my purpose? You yes. Know? Now that I can do all these things, am I just going to, you know, what? What am I going to do? Just become a skateboard champ hero or am I going to, you yeah. know, <laughs> am I going to put it to good use? And in the same way, you know, we've been given this incredible gift Mm. and um, the gift of, of, of Christ, the gift of knowing God. And what are we going to do with that? Are we just going to selfishly hold on to it for ourselves, or are mm. we going to, you know, get out there and uh, share that with others? So yeah. It's good, bro. That's so good. I like how you said earlier about, um, like, you believe that even if you did live your life um, and die, you would still go to heaven, um, and you weren't, you just didn't, uh you know, have that intimate relationship with God throughout living, but you were saved by grace. However, knowing that, you know, you actually have uh, the ability to know Christ today. And I sort of see that as um, when Jesus is resurrected and Thomas is informed that Jesus is still alive. And Thomas says, no, I need to see him with my own eyes. I need to put my fingers through his pierced hands and then I'll believe you. And then Jesus says, you know, um, blessed are those who believe without seeing. And that's sort of like, I, I see Thomas, Thomas's, the way that his view is, is how we get a new body um, as when we are with Christ. And when, when we have the new body is when we, you know, fully acknowledge what's happened. And then with... Um, with Jesus' statement saying, blessed are those who believe without seeing is sort of the ones that are walking as like a disciple in Christ today. And um, they're walking in faith today. They're, you know, actually walking out Jesus' plan today as a disciple, making disciples, not just believers. And I don't know, I might might be wrong there, but... (laughs) No, no, bro, you're 100% right. I mean, Jesus didn't die to get you to heaven and to heaven. He died to get heaven into you today oh that's good that's got to yeah. be a terry mortlock so, slogan <laughs> <laughs> that's really good um, i like that that that's the reality of it though is that we all kind of waiting for heaven one day but that's not wasn't the whole point i mean i honestly i genuinely can tell you this in all honesty since, since i've been walking on this road heaven to me is if i said an afterthought it's it's the benefit and it's the end result of the journey but it's not the point the point mm. is knowing him, and I can know him today. I can know him now. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to know him. Yeah, it's going to be way better than what I could ever imagine. And yeah, it's going to be so much better than this earth that I'll be like, oh man, I wish I had this sooner. But I can know him now. So it's mm. not, you know, Jesus isn't an insurance plan uh, yeah. for me. Uh, he is, he is, he is my, you know, he, he is so much more to me than that because, again, it's about, it's about knowing him. You can have those fruits today, and and the fruit of just knowing him is enough. I find, you know, like, yeah, no matter what comes your way, that peace of God that surpasses all understanding, it, <laughs> you never get a bad day, as long as you saturate so yourself bro. with that peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And the fruit of knowing him is the fruit, the fruit of of Holy Spirit. You know, we talk about 
you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Well, you, you get that by knowing him, by, by being one with him and walking in the, that truth. And, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how it's all tied together, the renewing of your mind, how you renew your mind by getting to know him. Mm. You know, like you say, pick up, pick up your Bible, take some time out with God, put some worship music on and just engage him and say, God, teach me who you are. Show me who you are. Show me who I am and you and what that looks like. And that, that day by day, transforms our renews our mind and transforms our life mm. um and that's that's the journey of the christian life but man my biggest thing is just to let people know don't wait to get to heaven before you know him you can know him today it's his greatest desire is to know you today and uh don't mm. miss out on that so it's a beautiful thing man best part of the day and yeah. i tell you what's amazing too guys like honestly back in the day and i don't say I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to, to scott or anything like that i just share this as part of the journey but you know back in the day if i was to you know spend time with god and you know i'd like try clock in you know 10 15 minutes of prayer or reading my bible i thought that was a really big deal and you know there'd go days sometimes a week maybe even months where i hadn't opened my bible or or spent time with God just because again I kind of disqualified myself and so if I had spent time with him it was like oh man you know again a half an hour was it was a really big deal mm. and um, I used to hear you know and, and you get these guys coming to church these preachers and they talk about you know, spending you know an hour with God and I'm just like oh man you know I'm so far from that and that, that would just make me feel more content and further from him but the beautiful thing is, is in this amazing wrecking and, and this beautiful moment of, of getting to know him and, and and discover him is that everything changed and, and the why behind it changed suddenly it wasn't about spending time with him to tick a box or to try to be a better Christian it was taking that time to engage him and um, and the amazing thing is, is I'd, I'd go downstairs uh, to the basement we've been in Canada the last three and a half years I'd go down the basement in front of the little fire there and I just put on some worship and start engaging him. And you know, before you know it, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm just crying in his presence. And I, and I look at my watch. It's like an hour, hour and a half gone by. And I'm like, man, where did that even go? Wow. And it's like it's the best part of your day. It's like I wouldn't want to live without knowing him. It's like it's what it's, it's all about. And and suddenly it's not a to do. It's not an. It's, there's no effort in it. It's like oh my goodness, this is this, you know <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Mm. So it's amazing how that works. Smith, uh, Smith, Wiz- Wigg- uh, Smith Wigglesworth, as try say that ten times fast. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth, he has a great um, quote. He says, um, "I don't normally pray for more than fifteen minutes, but very rare that I go fifteen minutes without praying." And I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like how Paul lives. You know, he says, "I pray constantly." You know, that's and that's, that's that. yeah, that's such a good way to live. You know, and have constant engagement with God. Yeah, because that's what prayer is. Prayer is engaging Him. You know, you know. Think about it this way. You know, I've got three kids, and how would I feel if the extent of our relationship was then coming to me for ten minutes a day and just saying, "Hey, Dad, can you do this for me? Can you fix that? And I need twenty bucks for this. And can you sort that out? And I don't like this that's going on in my life. So can you sort that out? Great, I'll see you tomorrow. And then clocking out for the next day, where they come back with the same list and present it again. But hang on, your kids don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, no, 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 not anymore. (laughs) Um, But I mean, how tragic would that be, right? And the reality is, I mean, again, that was my life. That was that was the extent of my prayer life. Was I'd take you know the time to go through all my wants, desires, and needs, and then I'd be like, okay, now what do I do? You know, sort of thing. And that's not what relationship with with Christ, with God, is is all about. You know, I mean, I love it when my kids come to me and say, hey, Dad, can we just hang out? Can we just go like? go do something together, spend time together and hang out. And, so um, and you know, or, or even better, they come and they say, Dad, I just really want to appreciate you. I just want to take a moment to say how much I, I'm just so thankful for the things you've done for me and, mm. and you know, the love on me. And that's the best, as a dad, that's the best thing ever. Well, it's no different from our Heavenly Father. He loves it when we just put some time in with him just to tell him how amazing he is and just the love on him. That's just the best. Yeah, that's it. Like going through your day and just picking something out that you see that, you you wouldn't usually think of anything of it, but you might be quite thankful for a delicious lunch your wife packed you for for your when mm. you're going out and working, or yeah. just something small. Just been like, thank you for my wife, Lord. I'm so thankful that she's made this lunch for me, or you know. I find um, so as well when with prayer, as we often talk to God, like 
Lord, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Sort of like what you were saying earlier, Terry. Uh, Terry. And um, it's it's one of those things that um, I came across a Dangerous Prayers um, Bible plan a few years back, and this one radically changed the way that I pray. And I used to always say, Lord, you know, do this for me, do this for me, and I'll check out, and I'll just hope my prayer is answered. And it's a very one-way relationship. But I, yeah. re- I read this Dangerous Prayers Bible plan, and it's it talked about um, actually asking God what you can do for him instead of getting him to do stuff for you. Now, that's actually dangerous. That's bold because, you know, you could have a Moses thing, and God says, you know, walk to Egypt and set my slaves free. <laughs> you know, you never know what he's going to ask you to do. Um and but having that that willing heart like Jesus did to go on the cross, you know, even Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Man, I can never say that word right. And um, he prayed in the garden, and he said, "Lord, if this is your will, I'll do it. But please take please take it away from me if it's not, you know." And he got rejected in prayer as well. Um, but he was still seeking God's will for him, um, and not just wanting God to do this and do this and do this. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I love it, man. And, yeah. I was just going to say, we're, uh, um, we're, this is an incredible conversation, incredible discussion, but where are we in your testimony? Halfway <laughs> <laughs> uh, through? No, no, no. We're, <laughs> we're getting there. Um, we're getting there. Um, yeah, no, well, from there on, you know, um, you know, we uh, went on to make a movie, which was a really big deal uh, for me. It was something I had in my heart to do for quite a while, and God was just so gracious in that. And I'm so grateful that I'd had this all this encounter and kind of realignment of identity before the movie came along. Otherwise, you know, that could have that project could have so easily become about me. Um, but it, it was so about it was about God and about what He was doing and the people that were involved. Mm. And um, it was just such a privilege to be on on that amazing journey of making this very indie film here in New Zealand, and um, yeah, and it was incredible. And, and God was so um, was so faithful with it, and uh, certainly went beyond what I thought it, it would. You know, we we pretty much threw it together with the church media team and a bunch of amateur actors and super low budget. And I thought, you know, it might be one of those things that hey, we can say we did, we made a movie, and we'll all watch it on you know, on a Saturday night together and have a laugh about it and then never watch it again sort of thing. Mm. And, um, you know, I really didn't know how good it would turn out. And um, That movie was incredible. Yeah. It it is incredible. Um, For those that don't know about the movie, the listeners, go check out Broken. Yeah, where can we find it, do you know? Was it on Netflix or anything? I'm not even sure. So, Broken's on Apple TV here in New Zealand, oh, yeah. um, and it's still available on DVD as well around the place. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. incredible. And, uh, Such yeah. an incredible story. And it actually, it, I, one thing I love about it is it shows a lot of New Zealand culture. So, like, New Zealand has awesome culture. <laughs> yeah, come on. So, come on. Yeah. Check it out. It's got an amazing, um, you know, huge story of redemption and forgiveness. And, yeah, incredible um, yeah, yeah, so what we were trying to do with that was make a, a story. You know, we, we'd, I'd read the, the book of Tuttle the young Maori girl that was murdered in the mid 1800s, and um, and how you know her father chose to forgive rather than seeking revenge, and how ultimately that brought peace between warring tribes, and mm. and so we basically took that story and made it into a modern day, a modern day you know version, and that's why it centered around kind of gang life and gang warfare in New Zealand. And, Mm. And uh, I, re- I remember bro, when the trailer came out, cause it was crazy. The trailer was out for a few months and then it got put on a, a Facebook page in Australia called Māori Worldwide and in a one week got one million views. Wow. Um, which was a, which was crazy. And so suddenly it was radio interviews and TV interviews and then by the time the movie came out, the trailer had about four million views across all the platforms. So, um, you know, it was pretty, people were pretty um, expectant of it and um, it opened I uh, went to went and see it. Got picked up by a distributor. It was opened throughout New Zealand in theaters, and it opened number one on opening night, which was really cool. Yeah. Um. And so, um, I think it was in theaters for about six weeks or so. 
Uh, so yeah, it blew my mind because I was just like, oh man, I didn't, you know. But God was so faithful; like He'd always said from the beginning, "You do what you can do. You make the movie, and I'll take care of the rest." Mm. So I didn't know how to distribute the film, or, or you know what was going to come of it. I just knew that He had it, and He totally did. In fact, I wasn't even in the country when it got picked up. I had nothing to do with that. I kind of finished the movie, and then we went overseas, which is kind of the next step in the journey uh, to talk about. And um, and then uh, and then the thing kind of took off, which was which was just amazing. Wow! Oh God! Yeah, wow. I, I remember Pastor Peter talking about people that didn't even know God that were working on it, and just seeing the way he was moving through that movie, um, and actually encountering God through that movie was just such a great story of how not even like even just being a part of the movie and a part of what God's doing, He can sweep you up along the way. Yeah, definitely. If you do yeah. the possible, God will do the impossible. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, we really were about the journey. So it wasn't just about making a good movie. It was about the way that we interacted with people in the process. Making the movie, to me, was as important, if not more important, than the outcome. I didn't want to just make a good movie at the expense of people. And so we really were purposeful about engaging people in a, in a way that they knew that they were valued and, and knew that God loved them. And, and we do. I literally have, I was just going through a box today and found a letter from one of the cast members who's not a Christian. And he just wrote, you know, pulled his heart out over about four pages, uh, all handwritten about how he, his life was, you know, was dramatically impacted by the crew and um, by God's love for him wow. and how it's really got him, you know, questioning, uh, you know, about his, his eternity and different things. And, and, you know that that was the the, the great privilege was just um, engaging people and seeing seeing the change in the process as well as the outcome, um, as well as the film itself touching lives. Terry, it wasn't it wasn't broken, but um, I have a friend of mine that um, was saved through watching a movie, uh, the movie God's Not Dead. So just oh, yeah, 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 just to share a cool thing about you know movies about God and and have God all through them. Um, people get radically saved through them. Like they're such an incredible vessel to get the gospel out there and to get the heart of Jesus out there. Um, yeah, just amazing. Yeah, I believe it, man. And, and, you know, I never wanted to make a Christian movie for Christians. I wanted to make something that, you know, you could invite your mate at the gym to or the guy across the fence, you know, to, and, um, and that they'd be comfortable watching without feeling they'd be preached at. But at the same time, getting that message across and you know we heard stories numerous stories of people's lives uh being changed of, of families reuniting and choosing to forgive rather than holding on to the years of unforgiveness and and people finding god and coming back to god because of the film so it just it amazed me just how uh you know, it continues even to this day. I saw, you know, every now and then I'll hear someone or someone will send something and just talk about how that movie impacted them. So mm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, so after you did the broken movie, you you had moved to Canada at this stage? Yeah, so that's the, the crazy part of the journey. My wife was in prayer uh, four years ago this February. She was in prayer here in New Zealand and about God was calling us to Texas of all places. Oh, to Texas. Yeah, you know, yeehaw. Um, <laughs> and um, get your cowboy boots up. And, uh, which is crazy because you've got a brother in Florida and a family from Canada. And so Texas made no sense at all. So usually it's a good indication that it's God because it makes no earthly sense. Yep. Um, and so, so, but, you know, it was a, this amazing journey of me. Uh, like she, she shared that with me and I'm like, that's awesome, babe. And, you know, I totally believe it. I just, I need to know, like, if this is God, I really need to know if we're going to pack up our kids and move our whole life overseas. And so I asked God to, uh, to kind of give me some signs. I called them green lights. I asked for three of them and he was gracious enough to give me about six of them because wow. I was a little, uh, slow on the uptake. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then when we finally said, all right, God, we're doing this. We're going to make this move. I just watched his hand upon our lives. Like I just had this list of all these things we had to do. Uh, you know, sell cars and find a home for our puppy and rent our house and all these different things. And I just watched God just go down that list going, got it, got it, got it. God, he just sorted it one after the other. It, was, it became almost comical. It was like, okay, what's the next thing God's going to work yeah. out? And boom, he'd just do it. And so, so we took this huge um, leap of faith and, and went as far as we could go, which was Canada, being 
Uh, I'm Canadian through my mom, and our kids had gotten citizenship. So we're all Canadian citizens. So we went as far as we could, and, and um, thinking we'd be in Canada for about six months, <laughs> three and a half years later, <laughs> wow. uh, which is kind of funny, not funny, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but um, it was awesome because, you know, not only was it an amazing time for Lisa to reconnect with her family uh, and, you know, see cousins she hadn't seen since she was, you know, before we got married. Um, and just really spend amazing time with the family, but just what God has done in our own lives and in our life, the life of our family, man. I, I, you know, it's not how we would have planned it, but I wouldn't change it for the world. There's no way I would change it for, for anything. It's been the best season and just an, an incredible season of preparation for what God has, uh, has for us next. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so three and a half years and, uh, we just kept believing and holding on to that word that God had given us and just saying, God, we know what you've said and we're sticking to it. And so, uh, a few months ago, we felt, hey, let's bounce back to New Zealand for a while. Go sort some stuff out here and, um, and enjoy a nice Kiwi summer, you know, while the rest of the world's in lockdown. Let's go mm. surfing. Uh, yeah. so that's literally <laughs> been what we've been doing. We got here in October and just been enjoying this beautiful Kiwi summer. And, uh, and just still believing, uh, in God. And then I haven't actually, uh, said this publicly. So here we go. Uh, so then a, a month or so ago, got a phone call, uh, from a church in Texas asking us to go down and, uh, join their ministry down there. It was actually, uh, Todd White, um, called. Oh, Todd White. Um, yeah, 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 which is kind of crazy. Wow. Uh, and um, he's asked us to go down there and, and join up with the Lifestyle Christianity Church there and being creative director and heading up all their media and creative and different things. He's just finished a book, so he wants to make a movie of it and stuff. So, yeah, so we are in the process of getting our, applica- our visa applications together. And uh, the next step will be from probably here back to Canada, get things packed up, and then head on down to Texas. So, wow, there you go. Wow. God seriously wants you in Texas, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you're not getting away from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but I tell you, man, it's so cool, though. It's so cool because, you know, it's been, like I say, four years in the making. And, you know, when you're 47, four years is, you know, it's four years. Uh, telling Lisa's brain dad, he's 99 this year. And it's like, in his life, four years is nothing. It's a blip on the radar. Yeah, wow. But for our kids, you know, like my mm. youngest daughter is she's, she's 12, 15, 13. Four years is a third of her life. And it's been a long time for her to be holding on to something and believing God for it. So to see the faithfulness of God and to him, you know, do what he said to do is just so cool because that will set things for the rest of their lives, you know, just to believe God. And um, anyway, so it's been just an amazing journey for us. And, and, and that's the thing, guys, is it's all about the journey. We're not, we're not about the destination. We're all about the journey. It was something that my wife really landed on. Um, kind of before I think we were even making the movie that, you know, we really need to just make sure that our lives are about the journey and not just the destination. Mm. And that, I tell you what, has done us so well because even with this whole Texas thing, like honestly, if the whole thing fell over and it was like, oh, sorry, it's not going to happen because of whatever, I'd be like, that's okay, that's all good because it's about the journey. It's not about that destination uh, or any destination. And often I think as Christians, we're always looking to the next thing. You know, when, you know when I get to the weekend, then things will be better. Or, you know, when we get to the holidays or when we get that house or when we get, you know, this sorted or that sorted or when I, you know, hit this mark or this goal, then, you know, but the beauty of, of living every day and, and enjoying the journey, that, that, that's what the Christian life is about. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Every day is new. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's a really good way of living. And I, yeah, I appreciate that. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. Um, I do want to get into your testimony, but I do want to ask one quick question before we follow on to that. Are you going to make a new movie in Texas? <laughs> Please. Well, that's, well, I, you know, it's funny because, um, I, you know, I, I haven't made a movie since Broken. I've written another screenplay for a, 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 a guy in South Africa. He has this incredible story. So I'd, I'd written his screenplay while we were in Canada, but hadn't, you know, made any other, any other film. And then, um, part of the conversation with, with Todd was the fact that he just finished this book. It's his life story. And about five years ago, um, God had put in my heart, um, the uh, the idea of making Todd's story into a film, wow. and so I've been carrying that for a long time. So, dude, I, I'm all about it, man. If we go down there and we end up making films down there for them, or for who, I'm I'm all about it. So, who, who knows? Yeah, 
That's sure. awesome. I'm a huge fan of Todd. It's I've watched loads of his videos um, on YouTube. <laughs> he's, he's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got such a great he's got such a great story, and and I think it'd be so cool to you know because it's been kind of documented um, in his testimony and stuff. But how cool would it be to turn that into an actual film that people oh. can go and you know and see see that journey? You know. Yeah, yeah. It'd be incredible. A definitely film deserving testimony. His one for sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what, did, what, what did you get up to while you're in, um, Canada for the last couple of years? What was your main focus there? Man, if I had to boil it down to one thing, it's funny because Todd asked that same question. It's like, man, what have you been up to the last, the last few years? And I'm like, bro, the, the journey has been in the last three years has been a journey of, of knowing God, like getting to know him, spending time with him. And, um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing that I can, that I can say, I, nothing fancy, I, fancier I can say. I mean, we, we had great time as a family. We traveled around. We did some road trips through the U.S. Uh, we were part of a, a great local church there, life group leaders and different things. Um, but the highlight of that three years for me was honestly sitting in a basement, just wow. getting to know who he is because. It's the best thing, man. Like, <laughs> as cool as it was to be overseas and as cool as it was to kind of, you know, enjoy the time with the family. And, you know, we were just so blessed. We were able to, you know, I was just working out of the basement. So I would, I kind of do like prop making and stuff. Like I do um, movie prop replicas and I, I make like dumb stuff like space guns and lightsabers. Um, which is kind of uh, fun, uh, but um, you know, and so I got, I, I was kind of doing that to, to put, you know, some some food on the table. But um, it was pretty pretty blessed kind of uh, existence. But none of that was was the highlight. The highlight was just just getting to know him and um, just kind of yeah, deepening my relationship with with God and Christ and and going deeper in Him than I'd ever been before. And that. that I, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for those three years. And while you know I can stand on the other side of it and, and not have any great accolades or say we achieved this or did this, I can say it was the best best season of my life. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Sorry, I get a bit emotional about it. Cause oh, <laughs> we can hear your heart, Terry. It's like it's so deeply rooted. God's love in your life and we can hear that it's it's incredible to see that and what you do in everything you do um as uh todd and i follow you on facebook and you're constantly bringing up um you know those videos and they're so inspiring um just the short clips and they are like we can fully see god working in your life and you're really walking out the purpose that he's 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 called you to do um so what if you were to sum up your purpose, Terry, what would you say that God's like called you to do? What's what's Terry's job on this earth? Bro, I go straight back to the signpost. I'm just a signpost man. I'm just <laughs> hey guys, Jesus this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. good. And Seriously. it's funny because sometimes you only know a little bit, eh? Like I only know what God's asking me to do right now. I don't know what's next. And that's probably the way to live. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are running around trying to work out what's God's will for their life and what's their great purpose. And, and he's made it really clear that if we present ourselves a living sacrifice, mm. holy and acceptable to him, which means we're righteous in his eyes, and that only comes by believing that in faith. Uh, that we can know, it goes on to say, if we're, if we're, you know, we're transformed, renewed mind, transformed life, then we can know and prove God's will, His mm. acceptable, perfect, and pleasing will. So we can know the will of God, and the will of God is that is a surrendered life. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether you end up making movies. It doesn't matter if you're making copies. It doesn't matter if you're a student at school. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom. It doesn't matter what you do. It's all about who you are mm. and who you are in Him, and then that comes through your life. And that's how we that's how we point people to Jesus. That's incredible, Terry. Yeah. All I saw just then was you as a shepherd with your sheepdog running around trying to get in behind all the sheep and trying to bring them into the paddock, you know, getting them into the into the gates and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I could just see you 
bringing those people in through those gates towards in, towards Jesus. And yeah, really appreciate your heart and everything that you've been sharing on Facebook recently. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to add in before we finish up here, T Dog? <laughs> that's the keeper bro that is the keeper um, no look guys I just appreciate what you're doing uh, thank you thank you for listening everyone and um, yeah for those listening I just want to say like Todd just loves you so much and your the value of your life was the son of God like mm. God gave his son Christ for you because you were worth that much so take the time know him take the time to just engage him because he just wants you that's the greatest desire of his heart his relationship with you so no matter who you are no matter where you are in your walk with god just engage him today draw near to him today he promises he'll draw near to you yeah amen amen yeah that is so good um yeah thank you for coming on to the jesus magnet pastor terry um, you are an incredible man of God and you've definitely got a heart like David, you know, a man after God's heart. And we can see that in everything that you do. And we just pray that you're blessed. We pray that you, uh, you know, when you go to Texas, that God's with you and that you're listening into him. And we just pray that you uh, really enjoyed being on the podcast with us. And thank you for joining us with today with the Jesus Magnet podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode.